Hello, friends. Welcome to the Second Phase Podcast. I'm Robin Graham, your host, and a brand marketing strategist and photographer passionate about helping women connect and grow their audience and get more clients. I am so excited you are here with me today to chat all about branding, personal development, and life overall in the second phase. What is the second phase? The second phase for me was a change in careers and learning how to navigate a new world and build a business from the ground up when I was actually terrified to put myself out into the world as something new. For some, the second phase is a significant lifestyle change, a traumatic loss, a move, an illness. It could be any number of things. No matter the definition of your second phase, we are here together to learn about creating a brand that stands out and makes an impact and grow as our authentic selves and follow our callings, our passions, our visions, and our values. Now grab your cup of coffee or the dog's leash and let's dive into a new episode. Have you joined the Brand Insider private Facebook group yet? If not, head on over to Facebook, facebook.com forward slash groups slash the Brand Marketing Insider, where we make branding fun. Every day we network and build community and genuine relationships and learn tips all about building a brand that stands out and makes an impact. I'd love to see you there. And I know everyone else in the group would love to learn from you and connect with you as well. So head on over there and join the Brand Marketing Insider Private Facebook group. Dana Donafree is young, vibrant, energetic, and empowering women daily. Her journey is not the typical you would expect for a 37-year-old woman. She always had an entrepreneurial spirit, but it wasn't until she was diagnosed with breast cancer at the young age of 27 that her current journey presented itself. Tune in as Dana shares her story of discovery, entrepreneurship, and activism. You will be inspired to be your own healthcare advocate, start facing your fears to take action, and enlightened on breast cancer statistics, awareness, and action. Dana Donifrey, welcome to the Second Phase Podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. I think you have one of the most powerful messages that I've heard in a really long time. Your journey has been very exceptional, and you took your journey and you are using it for the good of others and the good of women's health overall. So I am very thrilled that I can share you and your message with my listeners. Well, I appreciate you for supporting us, but also supporting women in every walk of life. It's important that we're all here for each other. Yes, absolutely. We're in this together, right? (laughs) 100%. (laughs) So Dana, will you tell the listeners a little about you, please? I would really like for you to share your journey and tell them, you know, what, what you've been through and how you got to where you are today. Yeah. So, I mean, my story is long and complex, but in reality, where I'm at today is I was unfortunately diagnosed with breast cancer at the age of 27. It happens to be 10 years ago now. So feels like forever ago, but also like yesterday. And I didn't really have a family history. My mom's sister had had breast cancer in her thirties, but I had undergone all the genetic testing and found that there wasn't really a strong enough family history that was really going to cause any challenges or issues in my life. So when I accidentally found a lump in the shower in my breast, I never dreamt or even 
really had the thought that it was going to be breast cancer. And one thing led to the next for me. And I ended up undergoing a bilateral mastectomy with implant reconstruction, as well as six grueling rounds of chemotherapy and a targeted medicine for a year. I was on hormonal suppressants for about eight and a half before I quit. (laughs) And I've really been, you know, fighting the good fight ever since. So it's that world of getting thrust into an environment that was really at that point in time, 10 years ago, built for older women. I just felt like I uh, didn't belong in that circle. I thought it was very bizarre that I was getting diagnosed with breast cancer at 27 years old. I thought it was a grandma's disease. I didn't ever hear of a young woman getting breast cancer. And after I had removed my breasts and built new ones, I found myself like not being able to wear clothing, not being able to wear other bras or like all the bras in my drawer. So I took my fashion design background and I started making beautiful intimates that fit my new body. And as it turned out, I wasn't the only one that felt that way. So did you start having this conversation with other women to find that out? Or how did you, how did you discover that other women were having the same experience and feeling the same way and not able to fit into their clothes. And, you know, I think we as women tend to be so private when it comes to things like that. We don't want to share the fact that we're, we're miserable or uncomfortable and we can't find things to fit because we feel like we're alone. We're the only one. How did you take this discomfort and, you know, you created a solution, but how did you discover that other women needed your solutions? I mean, listen, that's a great question. I was 100% alone. I felt like I was fighting this battle by myself. I was introduced to some incredible, strong, inspiring women that were all over 60 years old. (laughs) So like I, at 27 years old, 60 is a far way away from where you are in life. And I really felt like this was the thing that I was dealing with. It wasn't a thing that we were dealing with. Because I never met anybody that was willing to talk about it, had even expressed it being an issue. And whenever I would ask my doctors, like I could kind of feel their eyes roll into the back of their head. Like, why are you asking me about your bra and why does that matter? And I think that that's the facet of being diagnosed at a young age compared to an older age. Although now that I'm 10 years later in my life, I realize that this doesn't actually have an age boundary. But in that moment, I was like, well, I must be the only person that wants to feel good about myself, that wants to celebrate my body, that wants to be sexy to my fiance, you know, in our intimate moments. Like, why has all of that been stripped and taken away from me? And I really thought I was alone in that journey. And so when I started making bras, I thought they were just going to be made for myself. I ended up then getting connected to a very lovely older 50-year-old that did yoga classes for us. And she was a bit of a veteran in the space at this point in time. She'd been surviving her breast cancer for a few years. And I had asked her, I said, you know, I said, I'm just like, I can't find a bra that fits. Like, why did nobody tell me this? Why didn't anybody tell me that after breast reconstruction, my body was going to be this different. And it was like, I opened Pandora's box and the stories that were coming out of her were not just about the bra. It was about the whole intimate area that surrounds us and surrounds our bodies and surrounds our sexuality and our femininity. And she said to me, she goes, well, why don't you in our next yoga class, why don't you take a few minutes and ask the women what they're doing? 
And I did that at the end of the class. And it was her conversation all over again. I was hearing about how nobody felt good in their bodies, how they weren't able to look at themselves in the mirror, how they weren't able to expose themselves to their partners, how they weren't able to get intimate with their partners. And I realized this was all because we couldn't find something that fit. Like we were sacrificing all of these things in our life because we couldn't find a bra that fit. And that's really what the driving force was to create Ana Ono was that if I could just do one little thing in my life, like I could make something, I could make a piece of clothing because that's who and what I am. So it was a process to get here because I never really realized that this was our story. This was everybody's story. We just weren't talking about it. Like you said, Robin, like we just weren't talking about it. Well, you said a couple of things, Dana, and you know, as I think a lot of women lack confidence in our bodies to start with. So then you're throwing this curveball of a major life change, reconstructive surgery, the loss of what you've had before that, you know, even if you did feel good about your body, now you're skeptical and that confidence has diminished. So I think it's really important that as women, we start talking about these things too. Like you can't live in a bubble and hide your emotions because inevitably there's somebody else there that is going through what you're going through. And together you can get further, right? Than if you try to go it alone. Yeah. I mean, my now husband says to me, so we were engaged to get married when I was diagnosed and we had to actually postpone the wedding so I could go through my treatment. And, you know, he said to me at one point in time in our life, he says, when are you going to stop telling people about our sex life? And I said, never, because if I don't talk about it, others don't know. Like Mm -hmm. I was thrust into this world, not realizing that I wasn't going to be able to look at myself in the mirror. Yes. And if you can't love yourself, you can't love somebody else. And that's just our reality. And in 2010, when I was diagnosed, you know, breast reconstruction was great. It's new, but like I had to remove my nipples you know, I had these mounds that are underneath my skin, but they are not breasts. It's like comparing apples to oranges. They're almost the same thing, except for they taste different. They touch different. They smell different and they look different, you know, but maybe, maybe there's something there. They're both a piece of fruit. So like, you know, it's just this reality to say like, we weren't talking about things in that way in 2010, when I ventured into this world called breast cancer. And I just really set out to change that because So many of the things that we need to know are the things that are often not talked about. I wasn't going to let another 27-year-old be diagnosed like me and not be warned about these things that were going to happen in her life and not be equipped on how to handle them. Yeah. So you created your business, Ana Ono, and you create very beautiful, intimate pieces for women who have undergone breast cancer. Now, do you have clients who are not breast cancer survivors as well? Yeah. You know, it was very interesting. I can look back now from where we started and where we are today. And in reality, I just wanted to make a comfortable bra that didn't have underwires and didn't have molded cups because that's what didn't fit me anymore. So I set out to make beautiful bras that didn't have those things. And it turned out that the world needed us more than just cancer patient or survivor. We have, we've have so many stories, but open heart surgery, women with open heart surgery, it's really hard to hook and unhook a bra on your back just from limited range of motion. 
people that have shoulder surgery. Um, we have some great front closure bras is why I had a mother call me only a few weeks ago, maybe months now for COVID. I don't know. My entire calendar has been messed up, but she had called because her daughter is developing her breasts at two different rates. So one side is an A cup, one side is a C cup. And her daughter didn't want to wear a bra and stuff padding in it. So she was symmetrical under her clothing. She said to her mom, she says, mom, why can't I just be me? And in the search of her mom looking for bras that fit asymmetrical chest, she found Ana Ono. And to me, that's just such a beautiful story to be able to share that. I think it's a great thing to get to share with a young woman who doesn't realize that there's somebody like me on the other side designing that bra for really, you know, women and young women just like her. I think that that's a really special opportunity. And I think how amazing of that young teenager to not even see society and the standards that we hold ourselves up to and to be so strong to think that, you know, what she's experiencing should be normal because it should be. We shouldn't be worried about faking something that we aren't. I think she's empowering other people, other women, for goodness sakes, probably even her mother to be more herself. But then you empowered her to embrace that ability to be herself. I love that. Okay. So from an entrepreneurial perspective, you have created this incredible business. You have been on numerous media platforms now. You've been in New York Fashion Week. Like You've really created a brand for yourself. And I would love for you to tell us just a little bit about your journey with that. Like, how did you begin? And, you know, what about the funding and all those things? And I don't want to spend a ton of time on it, but I want to give the listeners just a little bit of background on, you know, how you started from ground zero. This wasn't the course that you had mapped out for yourself originally, but you have done it and you've made it a success while impacting lives at the same time. And then I want to jump into some of the work you're doing in the nonprofit arena to increase the awareness of breast cancer. And because it is October and it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, I know that you have a unique perspective on a lot of this. And I really want to emphasize that and share that with the listeners as well. So let's start with the entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, you know, I've always been a little entrepreneur. I actually am recently being filmed for a documentary and I heard some of my high school elementary friends talk about who Dana was when we were growing up. And some things, quite honestly, I had forgotten. Like I had forgotten that I would go home and knit necklaces and take them to school and like sell them, you know, like I I don't even know what I was doing, but long story short is I, I am a fashion designer and that is who I am. I'm very fortunate to have Ana Ono and have my own brand, but as a fashion designer, you know, my goal was never to work for somebody else. My goal was always to have my own line. I just didn't really know how or where I was going to get there. And once cancer presented itself, and once I came up with this idea that I had to start making bras for people like me, it was kind of this weird, like cosmic boom that just came together and said like, wow, here you are, you have the resources, you have the skills, you have the experience. And you're kind of crazy enough to do it. And this is not fair to most people. But if you are thinking about doing something in your life, jumping out and taking a chance and taking a risk, my safety net was removed after I got diagnosed with breast cancer. I understand at a very, very early age that we only have one life to live. 
and you have to live it the way that you want to, or it's not worth living. Like it's just, you got to give yourself that, like you've earned it. I don't want cancer to teach you that lesson because that's too late. So I just say to people, like I jumped because what, like, what was the worst that was going to happen? I was going to fail. Okay. I could also die. I'm sorry. That sounds so heavy, but it's the truth. So I try it. It fails. Okay. I did it. I have a really great life story. I get to share with people. Oh, I had a business once. Okay. Well, I'm not failing. So I feel really lucky about that, but I wouldn't want it to be the end of my life either saying, I wish I would have, Mm -hmm. because I know that that end is eminent for me. It is there every morning I wake up. So I know I have to do what I'm doing fully. And when you're that passionate about something, when you love something that much, or you believe in it that much, you will find a way to get it done. You will find a way to find the money. You will develop ways to save your own money and build a bank that you can use to fund your idea. If it's worth bringing out to the world, I think that most people stop before they even ever start. And the only thing I can share is that when fear has been removed from your life, I have an advantage, but don't wait for that advantage because when you find it out, it's too late in most cases. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've done a remarkable job. I think you're so inspiring. Just incredible. I just have to tell this story. So we met for the first time. I think it was the annual Women's Entrepreneur Day Mm -hmm. down in Philadelphia, and you were pitching to some angel investors. And that's how we met, I think, in the line for the bathroom. And you told me your story that day. And I was like, wow, she's amazing. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) You know, you never know who you're going to meet in the bathroom. You don't. You just (laughs) never know, right? You never know. Okay. So just for the sake of time, I love every single word that you just said, because it's so true, so empowering. And I think it's so important to not let those fears stop you because you're right. Everything could be gone tomorrow. And don't wait until you have to face that. Jump in and and do whatever you're being called to do now versus waiting and putting it off because you're right. Everything will align as long as you follow your values, your visions, and your passions. Okay, so let's talk about all of this work you're doing to increase breast cancer awareness and how important it is to really pay attention to the organizations, the messages that they're putting out, as well as where the funds are going for these organizations that are fundraising for breast cancer. This is a very complex conversation. I almost wish we could survey all of the people in our country, just for the record, and asking them a little bit about breast cancer, because I've only been in this space really, truly wholeheartedly for the last 10 years. And I know we've made a lot of strides, right? We've made a lot of progress from education, awareness, information, access. There's still tons and tons left to do. But I think as a community, as an activist in the community, you know, we're really trying to change the focus to breast cancer action. I think we know breast cancer happens. It's the second leading cause of death in women. We're diagnosing women at one in eight. I'll be curious to see if this changes here in the near future. We're still burying over 40,000 people a year to the disease. Men get breast cancer too. These are all things that are real. And this is a honestly real threat to our life. This is an epidemic, right? This is truly 
honestly an epidemic. And it's been called that on multiple cases. The reality is, is that we've lost nearly 20 years, arguably more, close to 30, funding awareness. And I think that that's okay in some ways because people needed to know that breast cancer was a real threat. We were diagnosing cancers at a much, much later stage because women were not getting their screenings and they were not going or calling the doctor when they found a lump in their breast. I do believe that we have made progress in that area because we are diagnosing earlier than what we ever have before. Just due to COVID, just from our current situation that we're in today, Breast cancer diagnoses are down over 50%. So for all of your listeners, that does not mean that there is 50% less cancer. That means we are not going to our doctors. We are not picking up the phone and calling, maybe potentially getting that annual mammogram. That arguably is not the best tool, but does detect breast cancer for some people. And what's going to happen is those cancer diagnoses will happen later. And what happens when you get diagnosed later is you have a shorter amount of time on the runway of treatment. That means treatments aren't as effective. They take more work because the cancer has spread further. And that runway that you have of all of the different treatments you can take shortens. So if you catch it early, you have a very long runway. So when one treatment stops working, another one starts. When one stops, another one starts. If you fast forward through that runway, you only have a small sector at the end of the runway. That's the first part. But really the reality is, is that we have raised billions upon billions of dollars from all of that pink washing products that you see during the month of October. Chances are it's not going to fund those treatments that you need on that runway because it's funding awareness. It's putting more pink ribbons on more flyers, on more banners on more highways. It's not putting the money in the pockets of those that need it most, which is our researchers. I received the drug that may have potentially saved my life. My cancer was diagnosed at an early stage, a very aggressive type of cancer. The drug came to market only a few years before I was diagnosed. So anybody before that is dead now. That's the difference that research makes. Research saved my life, right? They argue that the amount of the billions of dollars that are raised every year, only 2 to 3% of that go to researching metastatic stage 4 breast cancer, which is the only breast cancer that kills. So we have a bucket of a billion dollars. Only 200 to 300 million of that went to research to save the lives that we continue to lose year after year after year. There is no other way to explain that other than it is sick and it is twisted. And there's not really anything around that. What most people don't realize that an early stage diagnosis has a one in three chance of developing itself into a late stage diagnosis. It's very hard for people to hear that. It's a very scary statistic because breast cancer is not cured. So to know that your early stage breast cancer has a one in three chance of developing into a late stage, a stage four diagnosis, which is untreatable and uncurable. I shouldn't say untreatable. It's it's treatable until the treatments stop working. Mm -hmm. Okay. So to know that, to be in that patient's shoes, you know, to see the pink ribbons getting splattered all over the place, knowing that people are donating money, people are giving money, people are buying those products. 
but then that money doesn't go anywhere is really difficult. It's really hard as a patient too, to see the marketing of an organization or organizations to say, we're going to fund a cure. We're going to cure breast cancer. But yet you look at their bottom line and they give zero, if anything, a few percentage points of their annual funds to research treatments for the disease. (laughs) So I don't know about you, but logic tells me, how are you using my money to fund a cure if you aren't funding research? Because it doesn't, unfortunately, come out of the clear blue sky. We all wish it did. Yeah. So I think that there's just the reality to know that there are points in the system that are broken, but there are really amazing organizations out there that do wholeheartedly fund 100% research. And, and one that I support is called Metaviber. And at Metaviber, they literally, if you give them $100, that $100 goes to fund research, not 99 not 99.99, not 89 or 87, which is the industry standard, that 87 cents on every dollar donated is what goes to the cause because everybody's got to operate, you know, that makes sense. But it's a volunteer run organization that gets funding for its operations, which means the donor's money go to research. And it's huge and impactful. But, you know, these organizations are small in comparison. You can raise $5 million, $7 million, $10 million. But the statistic I gave you earlier, that money's included in that 200 or 300 million. So you know the power of the larger organizations, the power that they actually have at their fingertips, but they're not using it. And that's really hard because we could be eradicating. Our goal is to treat breast cancer like a chronic illness, like diabetes, like heart disease. Because if we can treat it, Our mothers, our sisters, our friends, they get to stay here longer. That's worth it. Mm -hmm. But instead, we accept a 36-month median lifespan for stage four metastatic breast cancer. Yeah. So what would you suggest to people listening and to anyone, really? Like, How can they make a difference or help make a difference? So they can donate to Metaviber. They can donate to Metaviber. To me... For my advocacy work, I think there are three very important pillars to fund if you are able to support breast cancer organizations. First and foremost, always metastatic breast cancer research. If we fix the problem at the top, everybody below wins. Early stagers win, middle stage wins, late stage wins. Fix the problem first, it trickles down. That's number one. Number two is any services that are provided to the patients themselves. We have to understand cancer is not cheap. We have co-pays, we have deductibles, surgeries. I was on treatment for 10 years. One shot that I got was $10,000. Yeah. We need to support services for the patients themselves, both emotionally and financially. So a lot of local areas have incredible organizations that help support the treatments that the patients need to get through their cancer. So that's another really great avenue. So if funding research is a little too overwhelming for you, find a local organization that's sending food to families, providing transportation to and from doctor's offices, helping to pay their bills, their home bills, their cars. So many bankruptcies happen because of cancer. And services. So I support Living Beyond Breast Cancer, which is an organization that funds support and community and education for the patients themselves. And again, you likely have something local that's really helping your own community. So if you look at the top 
national nonprofits, they have a lot of overhead. If you really want your $100 to go as far as it can go, that's where it goes really far. And then what's the third pillar? Oh, sorry. Financial support for patients. Okay. So okay. A, an organization okay. can also okay. help you pay your bills. Okay. Um, okay. They're usually okay. a little bit different than like a support organization. Okay. Okay. I got you now. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. We don't have very much time left. So what I would love to do is have you tell everyone what you recommend as far as identification early, identifying breast cancer early, and then taking action versus waiting. Great, great question. I will say mammograms are not perfect. The statistics of the amount of cancer that is actually detected in a mammogram, you go to your mammogram every year, arguably presents itself somewhere between 7 and 10% of our annual diagnosis. So if there's 300,000 women a year that are diagnosed with breast cancer, arguably mammograms caught 30,000 of them. So you are your best detection tool. Know your body. Mark your calendar one day every month. Make it the same day every month because it will fall within your same cycle. Your, you know, it will be a routine. If you feel a change, either a lump, skin irritation, discharge from the nipple, itching, heat, things like this, just call the doctor. And if you go to the doctor and they say, oh, it's nothing, don't worry about it, say, no, I want to know send me for an ultrasound or send me for a mammogram and don't stop until you get the answer that your gut is telling you that you need to have. Because a lot of us leave the doctor's office to say, Oh, they told me it was nothing. But when it's nothing and it turns out to be something six months later, they could have caught the nothing even earlier. And it's unfortunate that we have to advocate for ourselves, but in reality, we do have to advocate for ourselves. And just that's my advice. If you have a lump and your doctor sends you home, go to another doctor. If they still want to send you home, ask for the scan, you know, because you have access to these things. You just unfortunately have to fight for them in some cases. I was thankful that I had a nurse practitioner who was probably only a few years older than me who even sent me for my test in the first place because my doctor, who was like six months away from retirement, probably would have sent me home and I would have listened to him. And you wouldn't be here today. I literally would not be here today. Yeah. Dana, how can the listeners find you and learn more about you, your business, and everything that you're putting out into the universe that is just so incredibly powerful? Well, if you want to check out Ana Ono, you can go to anaono.com. Just remember that Ana Ono is my name, Dana Donafrey, without the double Ds. Get that, everybody? You get that? <laughs> wink, wink, <laughs> wink, wink. We're also on social media, Instagram, Facebook, all of those places as Ana Ono Intimates. As we all venture throughout this month of October, please just be conscious where your funds and your money goes. There are many organizations that need great donors. So please give where you can. The water bottle on the shelf may not be doing the giving that you think it's giving. So if you're going to buy a $5 water bottle, donate that $5 to a nonprofit. But that being said, you know, I'm happy to be here to share so much hopefully helpful information and just knowing that information education is power. So the more you know, the better off you'll be. And I appreciate you giving me the time to share that. Oh, it was an honor to have you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. And that's a wrap, friends. Thank you so much for listening today. I am grateful to have you here with me. 
If you enjoyed this episode and found the information helpful, will you please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating and review? That would mean the world to me. It will also help others find the podcast. I really look forward to getting to know my listeners. Will you please connect with me on Instagram? You can find me at the Robin Graham. You can also find me on Facebook and LinkedIn as Robin Graham. And I invite you to join my private Facebook group, The Brand Marketing Insider. Please spread the word about the second phase podcast. Until next time, remember to smile.